Welcome to EE World. I'm Senior Technical Editor Martin Rowe. In this podcast, we're going to talk about sustainability. We hear about it every day, and that includes in the electronics business, which, as we all know, consumes a lot of energy. And no matter what we're doing, we're always consuming too much. That's been the goal of engineers for years to reduce power consumption. But now we have to look further. We have to look at materials, manufacturing processes, how we use products, and how we dispose of them. To learn how TE Connectivity is doing with sustainability, we spoke with Ralph Klitka. Ralph, thank you for taking the time to speak with EE World today. I wanted to, we're going to talk today about sustainability. TE Connectivity being one of the major connector companies in the world certainly has a lot to, to do and a lot to say about it. I wanted to find out what your company is doing in terms of being able to reuse materials, recycle materials, and then what can engineers who are using connectors, whether they be for boards or for cables, what can they do as well to, to make, uh, make a better world? Martin, thank you very much for the introduction. I think on our side, it's, uh, it starts all with the top. So it's very important that the top management has already a strong commitment to sustainability. And in our company purpose, uh, sustainability is one of the four pillars. So we started a one connected world journey already in 2020. And since then are really moving out. And uh, when you look into that landscape, uh, starting with a connector, so how to make a connector sustainable? Yeah. So when you think about that, uh, it starts with energy that the company is using. That's what we call uh, purchase energy, that's a scope two activity. And then we have a scope one activity, which is uh, direct emissions from our facility. But the biggest part sits in the materials that we procure. That's the scope three, that's the biggest part. So the biggest greenhouse gas emissions come from this scope three. So typically for a company, it's 70 to up to 90%. Only the scope one and two, where you have direct emissions, indirect emissions from purchase energy, that's maybe the 10, 20% only. So on, on that, uh, TE has already started in their journey on the One Connected World. So we had uh, first achievements getting to, meanwhile, 52% of savings on the scope one and two energies on the greenhouse gas emissions. But when designing a connector, the key is to start really from the connector to think, okay, what are the requirements? The designer in the early phase influences about 80% of the total life cycle uh, emissions of such a connector. So the designer starts early on. So what are the requirements? What kind of materials do I need? What kind of resin do I need? What kind of metal? What kind of process? Yeah. And based on that, uh, you make a big difference. So when you start, for example, with uh, a resin, you have a whole variety of resins. A designer needs to be trained. What is a sustainable resin? The resins that have 30-50% take polycotone, has 55% up to 55% less greenhouse gas emissions. So a designer has to know which resin, which material to pick for that connector to calculate the product carbon footprint for that connector. Then you have to see even in the manufacturing side any kind of waste. Yeah, What is the waste of such a connector? There is uh, runners in between when you put all the resin in the, in the toolings. And this can be regrinded, put back into the process. So there's a lot of levers going into that. And I don't want to speak too long, give you the floor again, and uh, to be ready for the next questions here. You mentioned uh, a moment ago, and I hope I'm getting the 
uh, phrasing right. Was it something about, was it class one, two, or three? I forget the term that you used. Can you explain what you mean by those for our readers who don't know? The, when, when you approach sustainability, you have to look your carbon emissions as a company. And as a company, you start with a scope one. Scope one is the direct emissions from the TE facilities. So what greenhouse gases do you emit as a company? Then the second dimension is the scope two, which is indirect emissions from purchased energy. So this part, scope one and two, many companies have in focus. We started that, uh, put a 2030 ambition in our ESG report and the annual sustainability report. And uh, there we set the target of uh, 40% plus reduction by 2030. But we were proud to already have achieved in last year the 52% of greenhouse gases of the scope one and two. But the biggest part is take a company like TE. We have more than $16 billion of revenues. So we procure a huge amount of resins and of metals. And for us on the scope three, we talk about from our point of view in the order of 90% of greenhouse gas emissions. So we focus strongly on that. So we check out, so out of the 90%, so how can we tackle the biggest contributor? The biggest contributors for us are the resins. We procure a huge amount of resins and we have to make sure what we procure is as sustainable as possible. So when we design a new product, the designer will check, okay, on the resins. So which new bio-based materials have been qualified for us, which are released? The engineers get trained to utilize those. And uh, here it's important, uh, there's uh, another abbreviation called GWP, that's global warming potential. So you compare the equivalent of a kilo of uh, your resin with the emissions calculated for CO2. And that is covered over sometimes a hundred year period. Sounds a bit complicated, but to simplify is if you take one kilo of resin, this has an equivalent of six kilos of CO2 emissions. So we compare that. And if we find one that is bio-based that has only a factor of three instead of six, we save significantly in greenhouse gas emissions. So that's how we start designing it. So for every new design, so for us, resins is the biggest level. So we go into the resins. We qualify a huge amount of new bio-based resins. We are able to calculate our product carbon footprint. And by that, for any new product development, we start with the resins. Yeah, that's one level. The metals is the second, but there's another point we have to talk about is when we talk about the weight. So the weight makes a difference. When you have one kilo of resin or you have just half a kilo of resin, is less greenhouse gas emissions. So here we use again the design. We do a lot of simulations. Can we get closer to the requirements uh, with maybe less margin? Yeah, reduce the weight. Can we do better simulations? Can we do even generative design by optimizing the design of the product, uh, get the weight down of that product, then we have less greenhouse gas emissions. You mentioned simulation. What is it that you're simulating or modeling? We have, uh, for example, when you look in the transportation area, you have temperature requirements. You have uh, vibration requirements to meet. Uh, you have to run all kinds of environmental testing. So therefore, you have to survive the whole sequence of testing on temperature. You start from, let's say, minus 40 degrees. You go up to 120 degrees for some special application when you get closer 
an area of larger heat, you go to 200 degrees, it depends really on the application. So you have to simulate the whole temperature behavior under mechanical loads, under vibrations, and we have to first do the simulation and then in the validation testing have to verify that our simulations were correct, especially when you get closer to the limits. When you, you mentioned a, a bit about resins, for those of us who don't understand how resins are used in connector manufacturing, can you give us a, a little explanation? I don't have a connector at hand, but when you take a connector in your hand, is what you touch is the resin, that's the plastics. And uh, so these are the resins and you have a whole variety of those resins and with different global warming potential and then you have the terminal itself the metal part and even on the metal part we have uh, on our side we've invented uh, green silver the name already says this is green this is sustainable so we invented uh, an e-beam technology basically printing silver on a connector based on that we can save 35 percent of energy we can save 35 percent of greenhouse gases and for the plating even 99 percent of fresh water so things like that uh, that we are pushing forward and really try to be sustainable all over. So that takes a lot of training, a lot of awareness uh, to get everyone on board. And as I said, uh, engineers in the early phase, very important because they define what kind of process you pick, what metal, what resin. So you said that you're actually depositing silver on these, uh, on the connector, I'll call it substrate as opposed to going through a plating process where, where you're, you're dipping them in, in chemicals and such to get it. Uh, so you're actually doing that with, with, a, with a printing process now. What kind of metals do you use? Besides, obviously, copper is going to be the, the base. The I'll call it the substrate. What kind of materials do you either plate or, in this case, print on, on copper? And, or, is there, or are there various layers of metal depending on the intended application of the connector? Again, it really depends on the application, whether you go from a low voltage uh, to a high voltage, high temperature exposed material. So especially on the e-mobility, we do have a lot of copper, uh, but due to weight purposes, again, when you think about weight, uh, if an electric vehicle is lower on weight, it needs less energy. It's again, more sustainable. So we try to look at the holistic approach. Take aluminum. Aluminum is used, used very often. So uh, for some data connectivity purposes, we need silver, we need gold, uh, platinum, so a whole variety of resins, a whole variety of metals, really depending on the application, because our application at TE go from high energy, from wind turbines to power lines to power grids, all the way to data centers and medical and industrial applications. When you purchase metals, how do they come in? I mean, they come in as blocks, as sheets. What, what, what sort of form do they come in? I think for the majority of our connectors, we have reels. They come in on reels already prepared so that the stamping machine can pull them in. And a couple of reels are stapled so that the process flow is, is optimized. And this is something where you can uh, create uh, terminals for the connector in the, in, in the hundreds, in the thousands, if you want. What can your customers do on their end to reduce emissions, make connectors more sustainable, make them, whether it's make them last longer, make their products last longer. From a sustainability standpoint, what can you recommend for your, to your customers, to, to engineers who are going to be designing these connectors for boards or for cables? 
On sustainability, we're all on a journey. So it starts with a top-down commitment. And especially in the automotive area, our customers, the OEM customers are very strong on these commitments. You commit on science-based targets. Uh, you commit on really rolling it out to reduce greenhouse gas emissions substantially. Everyone is on a journey. We are learning on how we can tackle that, uh, what we can do, and we train our people. And even with our suppliers, we go in partnership. We exchange with our suppliers, lessons learned. We make sure that they uh, commit as well on those targets, that we get KPIs in place, that we jointly drive sustainability. And the same is with our customers. We need uh, customer commitment and uh, uh, of course, some extent, and we need to negotiate that uh, significantly, as well the willingness to pay more. Because right now, when we procure sustainable materials, they are higher on cost. So, and and this gives us an extra in cost. Uh, we need we have higher efforts to get all the product carbon footprint calculated for every product for the sustainability initiatives. And that's something that needs to be balanced with the customers so that uh, when we produce more sustainable end products, that the sustainability is as well accepted uh, with a certain cost balance on both sides. Do you get resistance from certain industries, and you don't need to mention which ones I think we can guess, uh, regarding this higher cost where they, they just say, we can't do that or... You know, we need the, the cost to come down before we'll be able to make such a commitment. I can tell uh, some of the industries are very cost sensitive. And uh, there's, I would say, a huge variety because we cover a lot of customers. Some customers are not at all on the sustainability route yet, uh, especially on the automotive side. Uh, everyone is uh, very much committed on sustainability and driving it forward, starting with the electric vehicles, but as well with the materials, with a fully circular car, even that can be 100% recycled over the whole life cycle. That we really think it holistically till the end, but uh, take the automotive industry and without naming anyone, uh, still automotive industry, we all know is very cost, cost sensitive. So the willingness to engage on higher costs is always limited. Everyone is driving efficiency increases and we are all on that journey as well. And therefore it is important to talk, to be transparent on the sustainability journey and to team up because this needs a team approach. And similar to lean in initiatives, it is a continuous improvement improvement process. So it will go over years and continuously we jointly need to improve, same as in, in the lean area. Where do you see this going forward? For example, you probably are doing some research into the whether it's the next manufacturing process. You know, for example, as you mentioned, you know, going from electroplating to printing. Where do you what do you see going next? And what is the research community doing? I assume you may work with universities on this as well. Where, where's the research going? So for us, the research is very, very strong on the material side because we see the materials are key. This is one of the biggest contributor because uh, take our revenue, there's a massive procurement happening. And as I said before, the biggest amount of greenhouse gases comes from procurement, from metals and from resins. So this for us is a main lever that we can tackle. Uh, we go in one by one. So we start with the resins, then go to the metals. And we look for the materials, we look for the processes. And uh, on the research side, it's first about the materials, metals and resins. Second, it's about processes. So we check the market, we check science institutes, are there any new processes that are more sustainable? And what we use as well as what I said before is the continuous improvement. There's a huge amount of ideas by our employees. 
how can we improve a process? How can we reduce the cycle times? How can we reduce the energy use? How can we put solar uh, cells on, on the roof of our factories? How to reduce uh, uh, water usage? So everything that is about environment sustainability, once you make it a top priority for a company, it arrives at the brains and the hearts of the people. And that makes a big difference. So once you get the people engage, when the people are moving forward, uh, then the fun story starts. Then uh, it is really a commitment by the whole community and the whole team approach works. Ralph Klitke of TE Connectivity, thank you for speaking with us today about what your company is doing with regards to sustainability. For EE World, I'm Senior Technical Editor Martin Rowe. Thank you for listening to this podcast.